0: Hi, I'm Erin. Welcome back to CU Daily, where we take five minutes with Distills Chief Visionary, Phil Lockwood, and we talk about a credit union marketing tip, trick, or trend. So tell me, tell me your best email marketing hacks.
1: All right, some tips for email marketing. We do a lot of email marketing here as an agency, so not on the CU Daily side so much, but For our clients and there are a lot of things that we see a lot of our clients not doing already so I want to walk through some of those right okay Um, number one don't deliver email to people who are non-responsive this is like a new standard where we have our list and let's say there are 10,000 people on Mm -hmm. it and we're sending out an email every week and 60% of those people aren't even opening it.
0: I'm surprised that you would say not to send follow-up emails because what if they respond to the third or fourth email that goes that? What if they're busy and they think, oh, I don't want to open up this email from the credit union today, but then something comes in at the right time and they happen to open it.
1: Well, we're not saying that if they haven't opened the previous email, don't send them another one. Okay. What we're talking about is if they haven't opened this, you know, the last eight, 10 emails, then clearly they are not engaged. So we want to drop them. Okay. Okay. Um, the reason that we want to do that is like threefold actually. Number one, most email marketing applications are charging you in some way, shape or form based on the number of contacts and the number of emails that you're sending out. Oh, so you so don't want waste sending your money. It, Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people are paying twice as much as they need to because they're sending out emails to people who aren't even opening them. Right? Yeah. So it's a cost issue. Number two, there are a lot of email providers like Gmail Mm -hmm. who will actually say, you know what? This particular user has not opened the last 10 of these emails from this person, so I'm just going to assume it's spam, they don't want it. And Google will start to automatically filter that as spam.
0: Right, okay.
1: And if you let it go long enough, what can happen is they'll actually say, uh, we're going to blacklist you, because there's so much of this stuff that's being marked as spam at this point. You'll go onto blacklists, and then a lot of people will have trouble getting your emails. Even people who are opening them.
0: Okay, right. well you've convinced me.
1: Yeah, so no brainer. A um, couple of other things. Let's see. Speaking of users who don't open your emails, mm-hmm. this is a kind of a different group because now we are talking about sending an email today and then waiting to see who has not opened yeah. it after, say, five days. Okay. In those cases, most email applications today do have an option to resend to the people who haven't opened it. But the key here is we actually want to change something because we assume there was something that was not compelling enough with the message that we sent out the first time. Yeah. There are really only, I mean, three areas. If they haven't opened the email, there are only three areas that we can affect so that we can try to improve that. Number one is going to be the from name. We'll talk about that more in a second, but as a general rule, we wouldn't change that. Right. The other would be the subject line, yeah. which would be the first thing we should change, and then that's the amazing. other piece would be the preview text, and that's what you see primarily on mobile devices. Before you click in, mm-hmm. it'll have a subject line and then it looks like it's actually the beginning of the message, but mm-hmm. we can actually control, we can control those, uh, those previews, so it can be something completely different. The whole point is to make it compelling. Right. But if I sent an email campaign and only got a 20 percent open rate and mm-hmm. I wanted to resend it, Absolutely. The first thing I'm going to do is change that subject line. Something about that didn't resonate, didn't make them want to click.
0: Now, I've noticed I'm getting a lot of uh, spam-like emails that have emojis in the subject line and for me, I'm not a big fan of that and that actually gives my eye you know, the first tell sign that it's probably not something I'm going to open.
1: That's interesting because statistics actually show that that can increase your open rate, but I'm kind of with you. I think that you have to use them in a very specific way. Like if you have a spammy subject line or people don't know who you are, Mm -hmm. and then you have emojis, I think it makes it look spammier. If they know who you are and you have a compelling subject line and a compelling offer within the message, Mm -hmm. then having emojis can just help draw the eyeballs in a very big inbox to your message and kind of maximize the chances that people are actually going to see and consider clicking on yours. Right, okay. Yeah. I understand Uh, the theory. All right. So, yeah, typically, say maybe five days out because, again, people are going to be out of the office. You know, Maybe it's a long weekend, whatever the case is, and you want to take holidays and such into consideration to give them extra time. But as a general rule, maybe five days later, anybody who hasn't opened it, I'm going to send them a a follow-up. Okay. All right. Next one, one of the biggest content issues we see with emails from other people, not the ones we create, (laughs) is there's way too much content.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is, I think, it's a throwback to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where we had this concept of email newsletters, which I yeah. think is just a dirty word these days. Stay away from that term newsletter.
0: Right.
1: Show more value in the name than that. But back then it was like, all right, we're just going to give you a monthly update and here's all of our news and some products and some promotions and right. featured employee and all this stuff that people don't really care about. Yeah. What we want to do these days is go as short as possible. Right. There are some experts out there who talk about the nine word message, Mm -hmm. so it just means keeping it as absolutely short as possible. Uh, An example would be something like uh, earn 1.2% on your new savings account balance and then a button or a link that says open an account online.
0: Yeah, and that's the kind of email that I would go further with and have more engagement with because I feel like we are at a time where there's information overload. We get up and we get information on our social media accounts. Facebook, we check it right away, and work emails, and uh, social emails, and I think that less is more when it comes to an email campaign.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And part of this was driven by the mobile revolution. And this actually goes into my next point. But the second biggest mistake that we see content wise on email campaigns is that people are still trying to use elaborate HTML templates. And that's not good because, I mean, for a couple of reasons. Actually, 80% of the time that we're creating email campaigns for our clients, we're not using an HTML template at all. And that's because of this practice, this metric, frankly, Mm -hmm. that says an email that comes from an individual is gonna have a higher open rate than one that comes from a company. Right Now you still see these fancy email templates from all these companies, you know, you yeah. get them from Netflix, you get them from whomever. Credit unions in particular are uniquely positioned to be able to say, hey, we're more of a kind of one-on-one, high-touch kind of scenario, mm-hmm. so pick somebody. It's the branch manager, or the president, or uh, client relations manager, member relations manager, somebody like that, and make all of the email campaigns from that person. I like that. Yeah, and when you send them out, then you don't have to there's no expectation for using a fancy HTML template.
0: Right. Because
1: that person would not use an HTML template if they were just emailing you one on one. Right. We want to make it seem just like the scenario where I'm emailing you as a friend or you know, a contact, an associate, right? Right. So that does away with the the need to maintain those HTML templates. It also eliminates all of the mobile responsive issues yeah. that we can have where I'd say maybe good 25, 30% of the emails that I still get today Mm -hmm. pull up on my phone, can't read them without pinching and zooming because they're not using mobile responsive layouts anyway.
0: Exactly. And uh, I mean, I imagine, you know, more than 50% of the time we're actually checking our emails on our phones. Oh,
1: absolutely, yep. Uh, Let's see, Russell Brunson. We've talked about him before. Everybody thinks they have a traffic problem. Oh, yes. Uh, and let's see, Eric Sue. These are these guys both kind of preach something that's called the super signature, uh-huh. and this means the bottom of every email. This works especially well, by the way, if you are indeed sending your emails as being from an individual mm-hmm. at the credit union. So a super signature would just be all sorts of options. Like, don't know where to get started? Click here to open an account. Click here to apply for a loan. Click here to follow us on each one of these social networks. Um, Review us on Google, of course, is a big one for us, right? Download our mobile app. I mean, basically giving them all of these options within the signature Mm line so that you can kind of drive a secondary form of engagement. That's really good because it gives you the ability to have multiple links within the email then, you know, higher volume of calls to action without putting them in the body. Because in the body, you should really limit it to one call to action, not three different options. Right. One, what's this email about? Apply for a loan. Right, open in an the account and there's that one link to do so and that's it.
0: That reminds me a lot of the uh, story brand messaging in keeping it simple and that our brains um, get information overload sometimes and more simple it is, the easier it is for us to process it.
1: Yeah. I promise that if you're doing a monthly email campaign right now to membership or to mm-hmm. your list period and you have 12 different things going on in there, mm-hmm. switching, to a weekly email where you only have one thing in each is going to result in a much higher conversion, much higher click-through rate across all those campaigns. Guaranteed.
0: Hear that? Guaranteed.
1: That's it for today.
0: <laughs> right, well, make sure to follow us on Instagram and catch all of our episodes, and we will see you next time on CU Daily.